0: The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries.
1: It is that time again. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dan Scott Show. Presented by Grand Slam Ministries, as you just heard, I am Dan. This is episode 30 of this venture, and we just continue to praise God for everything that He has done in growing this thing beyond what we could have imagined at this juncture, still in our infancy, year one of the radio show. We're on 13 different affiliates, and just looking forward to what He has planned for us as we move on i have no idea where this thing is going i'm just trying to keep my head down be obedient follow what he has in store for us and let him lead i have come to figure out he is a better program director a better booking agent he's better at all of that stuff than i am can i get an amen out there we continue our summer rerun series this week our guest interview will be one that we did back in march initially and one of the The reasons that we're doing this is not necessarily because I'm just lazy and trying to take the summer off. There's probably a little truth to that. But because we have grown from two affiliates in our first week to 13 affiliates now, there are several of these interviews that have not been heard by our wider audience. And the one that we've got for you coming up today, David Stein, is just it's incredible. I use that word a lot. And, you know, in broadcasting, one of the things that you do is try not to repeat the same words and phrases over and over and over. But when you have a story of a gentleman who was raised culturally Jewish, a self-proclaimed atheist, a drug addict, who suddenly finds Jesus and now is the campus pastor of a church in Atlanta, I'd say that's An incredible story. And that's what we do. We tell stories of God working and doing miracles in people's lives on this show. You're going to hear one of those today with our good friend David Stein. So when we come back, we'll get into that. But first, as always, I want you to hear something about Grand Slam Ministries.
2: Grand Slam Ministries exists to glorify Jesus Christ in multiple ways. Through this radio show and its accompanying online digital, and video components through our sister websites, danscottshow.org and GrandSlamMinistries.org, and through furthering our core missions, mentorship, and providing food and other necessities to children. None of this is possible without your prayers and support. By making a gift to Grand Slam Ministries today, you'll not only help this program remain on this radio station, You'll help us grow our family of stations, allowing us to bring stories of God working in the lives of men and women everywhere to a larger audience. And at the same time, your gift will help us in the initial launch of those core mission programs. Grand Slam Ministries is in its infancy. We need your support. Will you help us today? Visit our website at grandslamministries.org and prayerfully consider a one-time or monthly gift today. Above and beyond anything else, please pray for our ministry. Thank you, and God bless.
0: Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries.
1: Episode 30 of The Dan Scott Show. Across our 13 affiliates, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are or catching us on the podcast archives. And I always want to make sure that I I mentioned that you can go to danscottshow.org and you can go to the affiliates and archives page and everything that we do and have done is archived there. Or you can just simply search Dan Scott Show on your favorite podcast site because we are everywhere, including, as I confirmed this week, Pandora. So you can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can get us on Google Play, you can get us on uh, TuneIn Radio, you can get us on Pandora, basically anywhere podcasts are available, we are there. So just search the Dan Scott Show podcast and all of our archives are there and available for you. David Stein is a fellow member, or at least a former member of sports media, former talk show host at Fox Sports Radio and Sporting News Radio. And as I mentioned, he and you'll hear this in the story, a self-proclaimed uh, he raised culturally Jewish, self-proclaimed atheist, had an issue with uh, marijuana and all of these other things that play into this remarkable story of God pursuing him, capturing his heart. And now he's a campus pastor of a church in the Atlanta area. It, it's really, An amazing story of God's redemptive grace, and those are the stories that we like to tell here on the Dan Scott Show. We began the conversation by reminiscing a bit, at least David did, because he and I go back quite a ways.
0: Well, first of all, Dan, this is a little surreal um, because we go back many, many years to the uh, beginning of my time on the Tiger Tailgate Show at Clemson and uh, hosting that show from an empty Wild Wings Cafe in Spartanburg. Yes. I do, I do remember those days. Play, playing uh,
1: paper football field goal kicking
0: contests. Yes. While we yeah, were there. We, did, we did that. Uh, there's nothing like paper football on the radio to bring in a compelling audience. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm honored to uh, participate in, in your show. I've always uh, loved you and admired you and um yeah so uh, i am a campus pastor at a church called revolution church in canton georgia and it was a church that my wife and i just started going to eight and a half years ago Uh, um, being a pastor never crossed my mind at the time i was uh, doing a christian radio show i was hosting the tiger tailgate show and you know going to church was my only objective at at the time gathering as the as the body of the church and uh, one thing led to another and they eventually gave me the keys to the place which maybe they're not the smartest folks (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Um, but i can't imagine doing anything else and uh, the role of a campus pastor it's a fairly uh, good-sized church is uh, everything from potholes in the parking lot to occasionally preaching and uh, everything in between but I think everything in my life, uh, in, in my secular life, has led to this life in ministry. And, of course, you know, Dan, uh, when you trust in Jesus, uh, you are in ministry. So everyone who has trusted in Christ is, is in ministry.
1: Yeah, we are all called to a purpose. And one of the, the things that, that I do when I'm asked to speak at certain places now, especially if it's a men's group, that's one of the things that I like to share is is finding your purpose and, and it's mm-hmm. easier said than done. Um, especially for men because we like to control our own destiny sometimes, especially those of us of a certain generation who've been ingrained. It's been ingrained in us that, you know, you work for everything you get, you do all of these things. Sometimes the old phrase letting go and letting God is, is not as easy to do as it is to say.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know there's there's so many verses in the Old Testament that actually do speak to uh, that word, even uh, even the word Rapha, uh, which is uh, many know as Jehovah Rapha, the healer. That that word uh, literally means, "Hey, give it to me, let it go, stop striving, and and trust that I am God." So in Psalm 46, uh, "Be still and know that I am God." That that stillness is that letting it go
1: I want to go back to when you and I first met because uh, I was on the air doing a daily talk show at Clemson and you were doing overnights for what was then known as sporting news radio right And, and you were doing it out of your your home in Atlanta am I correct on that
0: uh, I was actually uh, at the studio of 790 The Zone when they were in existence uh, in Buckhead. Okay, and uh, I had moved here from California to do the exact same show uh, because we had picked up 790 as an affiliate, and uh, would go to Buckhead at you know midnight and start the show at 2 a.m. and drive home at 6 a.m. Um, and it was a Incredible time in my life, and you know, in the year previous to that, before moving to uh, Atlanta, had connected with Ben Milstead um, at, uh, at at the Roar, and uh, we became friends through the uh, Ray Ray McElrathby story, right?
1: And the the show that you were doing was such the antithesis of anything that was on radio at the time and especially is on radio now. where talk radio has gone now in uh, the sports mm-hmm. talk genre is, is so far off the rails in my estimation. But you were doing a, a show that was kind of a celebration of of life. Tell me good things that have happened in your life. I can't remember right. the exact phrasing, but but mm-hmm. you, you can fill that in. It, it was a different kind of radio show and, and and the fact that you were allowed to do that on a national network, I always thought was amazing.
0: Well, it was a very strange time. I was not a believer at the time uh, when I started that show. Uh, 2004, I got what uh, would have been called the big break. Uh, I was working uh, at Fox Sports Radio and was offered the uh, morning show spot at Fox Sports Radio nationally. So I stepped into a chair uh, with uh, Andrew Siciliano as my co-host from the NFL Network, uh, Crystal Fernandez uh, from Fox Sports. And uh, I began this journey for uh, about a year of my boss who was a brilliant radio guy. um, and, And he was an encourager, but they really wanted me to quarterback a show that was about controversy. And they wanted me to argue with Andrew about things I didn't care about. And they wanted me to really make fun of Crystal. And I I don't know why, but I just thought this is this doesn't sound right. Again, I'm not a believer, I'm a Jewish atheist at the time. And uh, I went to my boss uh, in the fall of, of 2007. I'm sorry, fall of 2004 yeah fall of 2005 and I said I don't think I should be doing this job and he said what what do you mean I said I, I just don't think I'm the right person for this because you you want me to argue about things that I don't really care to argue about I don't want to argue about anything <laughs> and and uh, so I got on the phone and I called I called Sporting News Because I've been talking to Sporting News Radio for a little while before I took the job at Fox. And I said to uh, Matt Nahigian at the time, uh, is there anything for me at at Sporting News? And he said, not to compare with what you have, we're not going to give you the morning show. And I was like, I'll take whatever you got. He said, I've got overnight, which is, you know, where talk show hosts go to die. Right. And, And I said, can I do whatever I want? And he said, yeah, yeah, we we want you here, but you can do whatever you want. I said, okay, no guy talk, no arguing. I just want to talk to people, especially uh, guys in the middle of the night and see what's going on in their lives. Because there was something stirring in my heart at that time. It's 2005. Um, I'll back up to the Beginning of 2004, right before I got the job at Fox, I had uh, an immediate deliverance from drugs and alcohol. So. so on the night that my first marriage ended in February of 2004, I was laying on the floor of a half-empty closet uh, in a fetal position, wondering, how did I get here? Because I was I was drunk. I was stoned. Um, and, and my drug of choice was pot um never went further than that and i was not the kind of person to just get up and pull up my bootstraps and and move on but i felt a presence in that closet in the beginning of 2004 kind of lift me up off the floor and when i stood up i was stone cold sober dan and that's 18 years ago. Is it 18? Yeah. 19, whatever that is, do the math. Um, and I haven't had a drink since I haven't gotten high since I haven't had a desire mm-hmm. to do either one, but I thought I did that on my own strength. So here I am living in Los Angeles. If so I start going to self-help classes and you know, where it's all about me, it's all about me. Okay. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? right 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 that's that's that mindset so um so i go into this job at fox um a little a little strange because what had been such a huge part of my life partying was no longer a part of my life so i think god was working at that time so Mm -hmm. i get the sporting news and i start this show in november of 2005 called the celebration of life through sports where every caller had to tell me something good going on in their lives. And things started to happen, Dan, on that show uh, that I could not explain. Uh, I remember uh, a guy by the name of Daryl listening on an affiliate in North Carolina. And he was telling me about I think the topic that night was Little League horror stories, because it wasn't about breaking down games and it wasn't about arguing about the bad call in the game or who the coach should be next season. it was really situational. So when an athlete would get in trouble, a DUI, a shooting, something like that, I wouldn't talk about that and tear down the athlete. I would say, Hey, how has a DUI affected your life? Call me up if you've been shot. What's that like? Uh, And so it became this very cathartic, almost, um, therapy session for four hours in the middle of the night and this guy daryl calls up and tells us this little league football horror story midget football horror story and uh, he said he broke his cousin's leg accidentally and um and i said what happened after that he goes oh uh, my mom and her sister haven't talked since i said how long has this been he said 20 years and then he goes on to continue the story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 20 years your family hasn't talked because you accidentally broke your cousin's leg in a football game, in a peewee football game? And uh, he said, yeah. I said, we got to fix that. Well, he calls up the next night crying. Turns out his cousin was listening in another city on another affiliate and heard who he thought was his cousin, Daryl tell this story and the family reconciled. So this kind of stuff was happening all the time. Guys were becoming accountability partners, uh, you know, just like they would be in AA with each other in different cities. So I started wondering at the end of 2006, having done this show for a year, is there a God? And could he possibly have anything to do with my life?
1: Let's pause right there. Yeah, and and you know this is hopefully some media savvy. We're going to leave that hanging for just a
0: minute. Oh, that's good, Dan. That's good. And and <laughs> and,
1: I, and I want to go back even further yep. because you you referenced where I was going to go next. I, who was David Stein prior to knowing God, knowing Christ as His Savior? And you just referenced it. you were Jewish, you were an atheist, you were mm-hmm. an addict. Tell me who David Stein was and how you got to where you were before we get to where you are.
0: That's a great question. Um, and I certainly don't want to glorify my past,
1: but it's part of, but it's part of your testimony.
0: It it absolutely is part of my testimony. So I grew up in uh, the Philadelphia area. Um, and I'm so proud of all of my three teams that lost in the championships this year. (laughs) Um, and I, I grew up in a Jewish family. Uh, we were the only uh, one of only three Jewish families in our whole town. And it was the doctor, the lo- the doctor, the dentist, and the podiatrist. It, it's not the start of a bad joke. It's it's actually true.
1: Well, you, you know what? In my little hometown of West Virginia, the the two Jewish families, one owned the newspaper, one owned the radio station.
0: So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and and of course, coming out of, uh, you know, most uh, n- most eastern United States, whether it was the Northeast or West Virginia or uh, the South, most Jewish people who came from Eastern Europe, uh, whether it was before World War One, after World War One or after World War Two, um, they they had to make a name for themselves. They they had to work hard. They had to get education um, and especially uh, my parents who. grew up during World War II, knowing that um, our ancestors were being slaughtered. And uh, they were the scientists, they were the doctors, they were the um, physicists that were being slaughtered. So education was really important in my family. So they were very proud when I flunked out of school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I grew up Jewish. Um, We didn't do anything strange it wasn't like um you know we were anti-god we just didn't talk about god and i never really picked up on that because we did go to synagogue we did go spend um you know a few years learning hebrew so i could get bar mitzvah at the age of 13 so i got bar mitzvah at the age of 13 and never walked into a synagogue since um and it was um it was strange because I didn't realize until much later in life that my parents never believed in God. They both had uh, traumatic family things happen to them early on in life. My dad's mom died at the age of nine. Uh, my mom had a tragedy in her family. So they gave up on God. They figured, hey, if there is a God, he would not have let this happen. So bad theology. And but that's how it. That's how it played out. So, so they were Ju- bar- they
1: were Jewish by, by ritual.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, very secular. Mm-hmm. Uh, as many Jewish people are in the United States, uh, they will continue to do the uh, ritualistic things, the bar mitzvahs, celebrating Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Hanukkah, things like that, to keep the Jewish line in the family, but no connection to a creator, mm-hmm. uh, very humanistic in, in their thinking. So uh, I just kind of went about my life doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, had some uh, minor successes in, in business and radio and some, uh, some big failures in school and business. Um, when my grade point average in college at Franklin and Marshall college in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, partying with the Amish, uh, when, when, <laughs> when my, when my grade point average and my blood alcohol level met, uh, that was a good time to leave school. Right. Yep. So, um, got my first job in radio and when I was 26, 1986 and got married at 32 and and really never, never changed. I just kind of did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, Didn't really start drinking until my mid thirties when I bought a restaurant and the restaurant business is a, uh, that's a marriage killer. I owned a comedy club at the same time. That was a lot of fun. So I was always around alcohol, but none of my friends would have known, and this will get to the answer to your question. Who was David Stein? None of my friends would have known that I was an alcoholic. Mm Mm-hmm. I might've had a beer or a glass of wine with them while we were out or after a show or at the restaurant. But my inside life was miserable. So I would go home and finish off that bottle of wine. I would go home and drink three, four more beers. I would go home and smoke a joint and I would self-medicate. As I look back, it was more self-medicating than David Stein life of the party kind of thing.
1: You're, you're searching as I share in my testimony and we went about it in, in different ways and sometimes in similar ways, but you're searching for something to fill that hole. That's right. And here there, 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 right. there, 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 there's something that's not satisfying the inner David Stein and you, ca- right. and you can't figure out what
0: it is. That's exactly right, Dan. Yes. And I would just, drink and get high until I fell asleep and I'd get up and I would be fully functional the next day and run the business, do my radio show, whatever that was at the time and just continue on in my life.
1: When did you realize that maybe things were starting to spiral out of control?
0: I would say the big wake-up call was February 2004 when I, I, just, I just never saw any of the signs dan Mm -hmm. i kind of ignored uh, a lot of it and when my marriage ended pretty abruptly um that's a pretty big wake-up call and that was the moment that i believe i got freedom from from my addictions
1: Visiting with David Stein, who is a longtime friend of mine. He was smart enough at some juncture to get out of the radio business, and now is a campus pastor of uh, Revolution Church down in uh, Canton, Georgia. And uh, we're, we're sharing sharing his story, as we do on this show, of, of God working in the lives of people. So you, you didn't know Christ at that time, but it's obvious no. there was something supernatural that happened to you as far as the freedom from the addiction. Right. So when do you start thinking, Hmm, maybe there is somebody up there.
0: That's a great question. It was about a year into that sporting news show when things were just happening on the show that had nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, people connecting with each other from different cities, um, families being reconciled guys calling up saying hey you know i want to stop drinking too And i'm like i've got i've got nothing to do with, i'm just turning on a microphone in the middle of the night and i began to wonder is there a god and could he have had anything to do with my life so i did what you know anybody would normally do call their therapist <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which, if I can say so without getting myself in trouble, it sounds like a very Jewish thing
0: to do, right? Um, I, a lot of people have their... Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, uh, as, a, uh, as a pastor, and, and I say this all the time, all of the pastors at our church, we have counselors that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how pastors do it without a counselor. So I called mine and and set up a very unorthodox phone session in 2006 long before uh zoom calls Mm -hmm. we get on the phone and i'm sitting in my apartment in glendale california and it's about two o'clock in the afternoon and i ask the question before we get into this therapy session is there a god and could he have had anything to do with my life And she paused and said, I've been waiting a long time for this. And she took off her took off her therapy hat. She put on her Christian hat and she shared the gospel full on. She told me who Jesus is. She told me what he did on my behalf. She walked me through the fact that we're all sinners, we all fall short of the glory of God. She walked me through the fact that there's a penalty to sin and it's death, it's eternal separation from God. She told me about God's plan to restore and reconcile. And I immediately knew I needed a savior. I, I, I immediately knew that Jesus's death on the cross which I had mocked for 45 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally made fun of on the radio for 45 years was true that he did die for my sins. He paid a penalty that I deserve on that cross died, was buried three days later. God raised him from the dead to declare victory over death. And I knew I needed a savior and I fell to my knees on the phone uh, the room lit up. I trusted in Jesus. She walked me through what that looked like, and a flashback to that closet in 2004, and I knew who had picked me up off that floor. You know, for those and that, was, that was 16 years ago.
1: For those who who don't know, we're doing this via Zoom. I think we may have referenced it earlier. And David, as as you're talking, I can see the emotion in your face. It, it, it is, is as real now as it was 16 years ago, isn't it?
0: It it is Dan because I should be dead. Um, I'm sure that my life was on a path that was destructive and I'm not trying to be hyper spiritual. I was on a path of destruction (laughs) because we all are when we're not in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was on a path of definite destruction not caring about, you know, anything. And, uh, you know, I was given, uh, a second chance and, uh, I can't imagine my life without Jesus.
1: And I think we need to, to circle back here. When you made the appointment with that counselor, you didn't know she was a Christian, did you?
0: No, no. I knew she was a little crazy, but I didn't know she was a Christian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just, it's an incredible story and I've heard it before, but it's been eight or nine years since I've heard you tell this and and I'm getting goosebumps all over again because it, and and we have this advantage of being able to see things in hindsight that you can't see when you're in the middle of something. But in, in, in my story, in your story, when we look back on it, we can see God's hand moving in our lives and putting these pieces in place when we had no idea what was going on. Even before we had submitted our lives mm-hmm. to Christ, he is putting all of these pieces of the puzzle together to bring us to that moment. And when I share my testimony, one of the things that I say is I get to that moment where I finally surrendered. I say, aren't, aren't you glad? And I ask you this, David, aren't you glad we have a God who pursues us?
0: Oh, I look back, Dan, and I see the seeds that were planted. Um, You know, when I was at Fox, a guy by the name of Tony Dungy was our guest every Monday Mm -hmm. for a year. And I look back and I go, I don't remember anything he said, but I'm sure he planted seeds. I had a best friend who worked for a radio network across the hall from Fox Sports Radio. And we were on in the middle of the night together. Uh, on separate networks and he would always have a Bible under his arm and he never told me about Jesus, but I wonder if he planted seeds. Mm -hmm. I called him the day I got saved. And uh, I said, how come you never told me about Jesus? And he said, I didn't think you would listen. And I have made it my mission or the Lord has put on my heart to, to have this mission of not saying no for anybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, saved to 45. I'm 61. Now I don't know how much time I have left. Um, I don't want to play church. I, I tell this at our membership class, Hey, this may not be the church for you. If you're looking for a cruise ship to sit back um, this might not be the church for you. If you're looking for a battleship because we've got a real enemy and eight out of every 10 people you encounter don't know Jesus. Come on, let's go game on. You know, you and I got
1: saved at the same age, by the way, 45. Wow. How about that? That's wild. What did your family think? What did your friends think when you go from this, this secular Jewish atheist addict to Christ follower and, and just that amazing transition? What, how, how did people react?
0: Uh, Poorly. (laughs) Uh, My, my mom didn't want to talk to me. I thought it was a betrayal and I was not uh mature enough to talk to her from the point of view of a jewish believer Mm -hmm. i I had a radical transformation so in my mind i'm i'm a christian i'm using christian words i'm using the words jesus christ even though the day before i was saved i was making fun of jesus Mm -hmm. and um and i had forgotten that even the words jesus christ to somebody who is jewish is cringeworthy So I made that mistake with my family to not speak to them in their language. Not that they were speaking Hebrew or Yiddish all the time. But later on, I began to speak to them about the Messiah. Right. I I began to speak to them about Yeshua, the Hebrew name for for Jesus. Uh, I began to uh, speak to them from the point of view of, A Jewish believer as opposed to a Christian and I spent uh years years 12 years um, talking to my dad uh, about Jesus and uh, he got very sick uh, in 2020 and he had gone from he didn't want to hear about Jesus to he was interested in this Jesus, mm-hmm. to watching my sermons, to asking me what I was going to preach on. And the last few months of his life, and I was the only person flying in 2020. I was going back and forth on an empty plane to, <laughs> to California. And I would just sit there and I would read Isaiah 53 to him uh, while he was in his bed. And on his deathbed a couple days before he passed away, uh, I was on the phone with him. And I said, dad, you you don't have to fight it anymore. It's okay to say yes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I had shared the gospel with him many times, had prayed at his bedside many times. And at that point he wasn't able to communicate. Mm -hmm. So I say to him, it's okay to say yes to Jesus. There's a long pause. And the next thing I know, my mom picks up the phone. She says, I don't know what you just said to your father, but he smiled for the first time in weeks. He nodded his head and put his hand up in the air. Wow. So I believe Dan that we have, we have a merciful God mm-hmm. who reconciled my dad, uh, on his last moments. And, uh, I, I sometimes forget that I'm going to see him again. That's amazing to me. Uh, my mom is still pretty hostile <laughs> toward, mm. toward God. She, she'll let me pray for her now. So that's a breakthrough. Uh, she's 91. My brother doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. Um, But, you know, it's, it's something that I'm, I'm, gonna pursue and i'm praying that god brings people into their lives to share the gospel with them uh, to plant more seeds to water the seeds that i have planted Mm -hmm. Uh, my friends uh, i stopped hanging out with my friends Uh, i didn't know if i was strong enough to hang out with the guys that i was partying with so for uh, a few years i really didn't see anybody and that was hard uh and then later on i reconnected with them and told them about my journey and they they all said, hey, you know, they respect that. And uh, I'm friends with some of these guys today.
1: Continuing to visit with David Stein as we kind of start heading down the home stretch here. It, it's just, it, it's such an incredible story to sit and listen to. And one of the things that's hard for us, I think, and and and, and I, I appreciate the phrase that you used a minute ago, maybe God will put somebody in their lives. You know, Maybe you're not the one that's going to get the chance to, to see the, the fruit of, of your labor because the Bible tells us some sow and some reap. Maybe, you're, right. may, maybe you're the sower with your mm-hmm. mom. Maybe you're the sower with some of your friends, and maybe somebody else will will do the reaping. But the bottom line is you have to be obedient and do what God tells you to do, and, and, mm-hmm. and you've done that.
0: Well, um, I, I see God working in my family, and I, I really don't want to say anything right now because— Um, I don't want to manipulate that in case they do in case they do listen to this. Mm -hmm. And but God is doing a mighty work in my family in a way that it's really God saying, David, just get out of my way. Right. Get out of my way. It's not on your shoulders. You're not the one that's going to fly to California and lead them to salvation. Somebody else will. And uh, so that's pretty cool to see. Um, but, but you're a and, guy,
1: but you're a guy, David guys. We want to fix things, right?
0: We, we do want to fix things. <laughs> and, and, uh, I'll tell you, Dan, it was, uh, it was March 7th, 2007. I'll never forget this. I'm a brand new believer. I've been saved like a day and a half. It was actually like five months, but it was a day and a half. Right. And I get invited to some guy's church to hear some guy preach. And it was the shepherd's conference at John MacArthur's church. Mm. In, in california say what you say about john MacArthur, whatever but i, I didn't i just got invited to this so turns out i'm there with three thousand pastors uh thinking to myself i'll never be one of these guys <laughs> and uh john piper's father had passed away that day so another guy preached and he preached on isaiah 66 and it was the first time that i understood the sovereignty of god his omnipotence and my position of submission to him and that's what that's what i bank on now when i'm like god said when, when i hear god saying get out of my way you don't have to fix it mm-hmm. be still and know that i am god see see, that's there's a radio thing we brought a full circle right brought it, all, it was a callback um so he's preaching on isaiah 66 and he says thus says the lord heaven is my throne the earth is my footstool and i was like are you kidding me that's how big you are and he goes on to say but this is the one to whom i will look the one who is humble and contrite in spirit and i have fought that for 16 years but always reminded that he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble.
1: It, it is something, and, and I, I, I share this, uh, all the time. When I was doing the Clemson baseball games, um, years ago before I was saved and just started, people started telling me how good I was at it. And it didn't take me long to believe them. Mm. And I went from being thankful to have a job to being an ego driven jerk. So you can mm. make that jump, very quickly so it, it, it it's an ongoing thing you do you do have to remind yourself to be humble and you yeah. don't want to pat yourself on the back for being humble because that that mm-hmm. defeats the purpose but you do have to remind yourself of just what you said
0: yeah it's a, it's a daily practice of preaching the gospel to yourself looking up at the cross and and recognizing it's it's and my wife came up with this on the radio it's really tough to be on your high horse when you're looking up at the cross I like and, that. And I, I'm going to steal love, that, by the way. Well, please do. Please do. Um, you can always quote L.J. Stein. Um, <laughs> and, and and God's sovereignty is, is another thing to bank on. I, I just preached on the attributes of God and his sovereignty and who he is and his immutability that he never changes. Uh, and the fact that he knows everything. Nothing has ever occurred to him. You know, D.A. Carson said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? <laughs> um he he knew before betsy king played golf at Furman that Furman would be in the nc2a tournament
1: yeah some people at Furman would have liked to have known that a few years ago but that's another story <laughs> for another time uh, you know we could just keep going and going we've got about five minutes left um mm-hmm. but we, and we haven't even gotten to how you met leanne we haven't even gotten really to the <laughs> genesis of the radio show and and all those other things. But uh, in in the the Cliff Notes version, God put an amazing woman in your life.
0: Yes. Um, We met at a Starbucks in Woodstock, Georgia. Uh, I wasn't looking. She wasn't looking. She had just come back from a year in China teaching three-year-olds English in a Christian underground church. And she came back at the age of 28. Uh, I, don't need, I don't need a man, God. It's just you and me, God. I was 50 and had been divorced for many years and was not looking. I was just at Starbucks because they had the free internet back then. It's 2010. Right. A- and I'm sitting next to her. 60 days later, we got engaged. 60 days after that, we got married.
1: And it's been, from what I can tell, an incredible partnership ever since.
0: It, it has. Uh, I was doing this Christian radio show, and she stopped by the studio. Um, I don't know how many years. Well, we've been off radio for three years, so about 12 years ago. And we've been married 12 years. So she stops by the studio uh, to show me some ugly chairs that she had bought off a of Craigslist. <laughs> And, uh, I did what any good husband would do in radio. I shoved a microphone in front of my wife and she knocked it out of the park. Two weeks later, we were the new morning show. And we did that for eight years and it was called rise and Stein. A
1: lot she, of, hu- a lot of husbands and wives working together would be a disaster, but for, especially
0: newlyweds. Right.
1: But, but obviously yeah. for you, it was, it was wonderful.
0: It was, it was wonderful. Um, she was more than happy to become a Clemson fan. So, uh, it was an easy transition, uh, like a month into our dating life, which was only, you know, four weeks before I asked her to marry me. I I asked her if she had ever been to a college football game and she said, no. And I said, well, I do this thing up at Clemson. It's, it's kind of fun. Uh, would you like to go to a football game? So I didn't tell her any details. And, uh, So I took her up to Clemson uh, on Friday and we went over to uh, the stadium and we got in the elevator. She goes, where are we going? I said, I'm not going to tell you and uh, knocked on Coach Sweeney's office because a year earlier, and this is, we can wrap this up with this, a year earlier, I'm interviewing Coach Sweeney and we didn't even talk about football. We're in his office for an hour and a half. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about our testimonies. We're both crying. And he said, do you think you'll ever get married again? I said, I don't know, coach, but I'm tired. And he comes up to me in that coach Sweeney way that he has. And I I think if I had had a helmet on, he would have grabbed me by the face mask. (laughs) And, and he said, do not grow weary of doing good for in the end, you'll reap a harvest. If you do not give up. So he's, he's giving me Galatians six nine Right. And then he backs away, and he has that big Coach Sweeney smile, and he goes, now go find yourself a girl from Alabama. <laughs> well, turns out Leanna's from Dothan, Alabama. So I bring her to Coach Sweeney's office a year later, and I said, you told me to. Here she is.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And then we got married a month later. Wonderful,
1: David. It, it's it's an incredible story, and I know there's a lot more depth we could have gone into, but uh, forty minutes or so passes by so quickly. I, I appreciate you being willing to uh, to do this on, on such short notice. Uh, I, I hate the fact that we haven't been able to connect in a while, uh, but it, it's always great to uh, to catch up with you. And I'm I'm when. God opened the doors for me to do this radio show and, and Grand Slam Ministries, and I sat down and I started doing a list of people that I wanted to get on the show. You were on that list because your story, your testimony, is so powerful, and I think it's it's things it's something that people need to hear. And 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 now I'm actually on a, a situation where people are going to hear it, unlike maybe previous times. People actually <laughs> listen to this show, David. That's a good thing, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. And I'm, I'm just so honored to, uh, uh, to be on the show and to reconnect with you. Um, always uh, a dear friend. You were always such an encourager. And um, I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and do not grow weary or you will reap a harvest in the end.
1: One of the things that I failed to mention in setting up the interview is that david stein may be the single nicest human being that i've ever met i I kid him sometimes and say he's disgustingly nice but you get the gist of that in our conversation he is just a, a wonderful man god has done amazing work in his life and i just thank him for his witness for his testimony and for his friendship and I do hope that you enjoyed our time together we need to take a break we'll come back and get into closing mode here on this episode 30 of the Dan Scott Show right after this teenage boys and young men today are in crisis statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues drug and alcohol abuse criminal activity and yes, imprisonment At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is GrandSlamMinistries.org.
2: Like what you hear?
0: Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at DanscottShow.org And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries.
1: We are back for the final segment of episode 30 of the show. Our thanks again to David Stein for sharing his story with us, his uh, testimony. Amazing, as you've heard. If you missed it or if you'd love to share it with someone, uh, danscottshow.org, the Affiliates and Archives page. It is archived there. Uh, or just the uh, the podcast site, wherever you get your podcasts, danscottshow.org. Search that, and you can share that interview and all of the others that we have done as well. One of the things that I'm trying to be better at moving forward is when one of our affiliates has something amazing happening, I want to share it with everybody, and such is the case with Cornerstone Christian Radio. Uh, Melanie uh, Baden shares with us a couple of things. First of all, in late August, they have a new television station that is launching. Uh, it is Cornerstone Christian Television featuring wholesome Christian programming for the entire family, and they're looking for sponsorships as well as programs. And if you'd like to inquire about that, Cornerstone Christian Radio Net at gmail.com. Cornerstone Christian Radio Net at gmail.com, and you can reach out directly to Melanie there. But. As of today, they are starting a family life week of prayer and broadcasting live from Kenya. So sharing God's Word all over the world. So I encourage you to be in prayer for Melanie and everyone at Cornerstone Christian Radio. Thank them for their faithfulness to sharing the gospel. And we'll tell you more about this exciting television station launch they have coming up. At the end of August, when we get a little closer to it. As with uh, everything that we do, we try to bathe it in prayer and do it for God's glory and not ours. And I would just ask that you continue to pray for us. I say this all the time because I mean it. I have to make sure that God is leading and I am following, and I'm not trying to get ahead of Him or tell Him what to do where any of this is concerned, because as we all know, that is an absolute disaster. So just continue to pray for us, continue to pray that the support that's necessary will come in, that this thing will grow at the pace he wants it to grow, and that by the time we get into 2024, we will actually be able to start implementing some programs that go along with our core missions of mentorship and making sure that our children have necessities and even more than than just a bare necessity. So be in prayer for us. And as always, if we can pray for you, let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, prayer requests, please share them. And I promise you, I'll get back to you on each and every one. We'll see you again next week. Until then, I'm Dan Scott saying God bless you and so long, everybody.